Guardian Holiday Offers is pleased to bring you a great selection of worldwide trips from our trusted partners. From cultural tours and adventure holidays to river cruises and cottage breaks, we have something for everyone. To find your perfect break, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash travel with us. That's guardian.co.uk forward slash travel with us. The Guardian. I now present to you episode 3 of Global Saga. Music to make you stagger. Alexis Petridis, this is Music Weekly. As you can probably gather, we're not in the studio. Um, I don't know who that is sound checking over there. We're backstage, or rather, I'm backstage at Festival. Kieran Yates is not here. Kieran Yates has been uh, struck down. But instead, I'm joined by Mark Beaumont, uh, who has been very valiantly live blogging this entire event. I've been, I've been doing my best, yeah. Just trying to get out there and see some of the stuff on the outskirts. Excellent. We'll talk about that in a minute. Later in the show, we've also got interviews with Alt J. Uh, we talked to Annie Mack, who's been a uh, DJ at every festival there's ever been, I think for seven or eight years. You can remember how many years it was. Uh, and uh, we have a slightly peculiar conversation with the uh, Beardy Man as well. So just to, to, to kick off, uh, Mark, what's the best thing that you have seen in your travels? Probably the best thing I've seen this weekend was actually in the uh, Time for Tease tent. I managed to sort of blag my way in there in the sort of burlesque tent. And the, the, weird, the best and weirdest thing was, uh, was a, a Margaret Thatcher burlesque act. Oh my God! Um, who, who stripped to a, a, a Union Jack bra? That was that was wow. terrifying, but also strangely arousing. You know, <laughs> you know what I saw? Uh, uh, oh, you probably saw it too. Did you see uh, Paige from X Factor performing with pirates, yes, seeing what she would do with a drunken sailor? The problem with that was that he he was pre, uh, preceded by Skinny Lister, who came in and just literally danced on all the tables and sort of shoved their double bass in our faces yeah. and, and caused a real storm in there. And then he came in and, and sort of managed to forget all the words of what, 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 what you, you do, do with a drunken sailor, sailor. Yeah, and really. completely was blown out of the water really That's, it's, it's, it's unfortunate I, I, I felt for Paige but I just looked up at one moment cause I, I, and there he was surrounded by pirates seeing what, and I thought That's, <laughs> this, is, this is something different what about musically what have you musically enjoyed? probably my favourite act has been Summer Camp is um, that right? Yeah, I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, Florence was kind of a little bit dull towards the end. I don't know, I don't know what you thought uh, about that, but but kind of having following that, wandering over to the replay stage and watching 45 minutes of Summer Camp just blasting out some proper cracking pop hits was fantastic. was incredibly refreshing. Uh, I really liked Django Django. I thought they were brilliant. I thought they... Uh the, the lovely sense you sometimes get of a band absolutely on the tipping point. The following's at critical mass, they went down really well. Um, you know, it was significantly different from last time I saw them, the kind of response they got. And they were brilliant, they were absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I caught them. I, I really loved the way they were, uh, they've kind of got the classic rock and roll at their roots, and yet they're, they're essentially an electro dance band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they, I thought it was really clever and something that no one else is doing. It exists in a grand tradition of uh, British psychedelia, I think, as well, which is, is, is always a lovely thing. Um, and I like New Order last night as well. I thought it started out very ragged. 
um, as, as his new orders want. Um, and then suddenly, of, of all the things, the thing that the point where I thought it picked up was when they covered, they did a version of Isolation by Joy Division, which is not really the tune you think of is going to lift one's spirit. So, you know, crank out the Joy Division, get everybody on side. But it was brilliant. I thought that was, that was really good. Yeah, I'd had a bit too much rum from the, uh, from the underground restaurant, so that was all a bit of a blur for me, I have to say. And then I went and fell asleep during Unchain Andalou in the, in, the, uh, wow. in, the, in the cinema tent, so I've got no idea what that's done to my subconscious. <laughs> that's surrealist messages beamed in there. Um, Very strange dreams. <laughs> I'm not surprised. One of the uh, striking things, I think, about uh, best of all, or certainly uh, this year's best, in particular that replay stage you're talking about, it's much smaller stage, almost like a bandstand really more than the mm. stage, is it lets you in on how early bands get booked for festivals because there's people playing that like this tiny thing that are patently now too big to be playing there yeah. when we saw a, you know Jake Bug was on there and he's been all over the press and da, da, da. and then um, Old Jay who we're about to hear from who I think it was, they said it was the first festival they were booked for and you literally couldn't even get in the same postal district mm. same time they've, they've got it's, it's fairly sort of forward thinking as well because I mean I saw the Coronas there yesterday who are very mainstream mm. kind of boy bandy kind of version of Mumford but they're undoubtedly going to be massive, and yet they were playing on that tiny tent. Probably only about sort of 60, 50, 60 people sort of could have caught onto them. Huge in Ireland, so I mean, oh, yeah, I mean they're like the month, the Irish Mumford. Okay, they're well, going to be massive. Let's hear a bit from uh, from Old Jay, who we spoke to on Friday. By chance, I'll meet. You're a shark, and I'm swimming. I'm Gus. I play keyboards. I'm Tom, play the drums. Hey, I'm Gwil and I play guitar and bass. Hello, I'm Joe and I sing and play guitar. Are you, are you generally speaking a festival band? Is this something that is this something that's just happened this summer? Have you played a lot of festivals before? This is our first proper festival summer. Really? really? Yeah. yeah. We've done like a, literally a couple before. We've turned into. We've tried to sort of become a. It's quite a different thing being a festival band from a gig band. So we, you know, try to incorporate a bit of clapping along into the set. You know, are you having a good time? How are you doing? That sort Mercury of thing. Day. Oh, you know, that's, well, <laughs> that's surely to come next summer, I I'll think. Do, no, I'll do that. I'll do that today. Okay. <laughs> I'm full of great ideas if you want to, you know, and just, just come to me. Does it, I mean, does it change the way that you perform? Because I saw you in Brighton at the Great Escape uh, playing pretty tiny, tiny pub, basically, with, with Django Django. And it strikes me that, you know, obviously doing that is very different than playing a huge kind of outdoor sort of event. Does it actually change the way you perform? Does it change your music? Yeah, I think it does. I think it changes the way you perform. And it all depends on, where you, on what kind of stage you're playing at a festival. Right. You're playing an outside stage, it's kind of weird. It's a weird thing to do. Like, the lights don't really work if you're doing it during the day and stuff like that. So it's, at night, you can get into a bit more of this, especially if there's a good light show, so it makes it a bit more kind of like magical. <clears throat> is it an environment that suits what you do, do you think? Well, I suppose our music is quite intricate because exactly. we don't use like a backing track or anything. We're all just doing it all on stage. So we're actually genuinely most of the time just concentrating really hard on not like making a mess of it. So, and you have to, when you're at a festival, you have to really respect the crowd a bit more in a way and be aware of the fact that if they get bored, they can just wander off and watch something else. So it's, it, you have to kind of keep a lot of balls in the air, I think. And 
I think we didn't, we, I would say before this summer we would have not thought we were a festival band, but actually it's remarkable what a summer of festival touring can do to you and it's so enjoyable playing festivals, it's really it great. great. It is great, yeah. Is it quite, because of the sort of complexity of your music, is it quite easy to go sort of into yourselves on stage and, and effectively be like you're, not like you're rehearsing, but do you know what I mean, to sort yeah, of ignore yeah. the world around you? Is that? I think that's how I play probably. And then when I, when I do look up at the crowd and I get distracted, I often mess up. Like as soon as, as soon as my concentration's gone and I read someone's sign or something, I mess up every time. You've got that kind of trance-like grind going on, haven't you? I do. Like you kind of, you're, in, you're, you're so much in your own world that you end up grinding I don't really know what else is going on. I, I look at Tom a lot. I often look at Tom to come back in, but I don't really look around that much. I look at my guitar most of the time. Yeah, I find it pretty hard as well. To, to, if you make eye contact with somebody, it's really weird. Like really weird, because it's almost becomes so much more personal and that's not a bad thing but when you it's just like what they're watching they're watching me play that's really weird people love trying to get your attention and sort of like trying to put you off in like a friendly way all they want to do is grab your attention if you look at them they're like way and then they keep doing yeah. it throughout the set and you have to link right i can't look there anymore yeah. i'm gonna make i'm the gonna make a mistake being put off was at reading yeah and we had that really intense crowd and uh there was a guy at the very front in a dress and i think maybe makeup too and he was just pointing at me and going, I fucking love you, I fucking love you. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I fucked up again, of course, you know, so. Why was the crowd at Reading so intense? What, how do you mean by an intense crowd? Well, what, what we, that? Was, we were doing our line check and there was, the crowd was already, the tent was packed and they were already swaying, they were already like surging. doing slow hand clap, yeah. surging all around. Already people getting pulled out and we've never had that at a gig before. Not before there was we played, a constant definitely. circle pit as well going on. Yeah. Even in Matilda. Matilda, I think Matilda, I think Matilda was when the, the circle mosh was at its most really? violent. Yeah. But I don't know if it was an ironic circle mosh <laughs> sign. <It was> weird. <laughs> Still enjoying touring? Is it still? Is it still got its novelty value? It's kind of yeah. It's always up and down. Are you always either really really tired or really really happy with what you've just done? You can't believe what you've just done. So it's it's just a kind of a, a roller coaster. I think I'm only just starting to enjoy it. Actually, I think at first I was a bit homesick and a bit weirded out by the whole experience. But once you get into it and you you learn how to sleep for half an hour at a time and you realise that you know maybe you don't have to drink the entire rider every night. <laughs> Uh, you can actually adapt your, you know, adapt the way you live your life to touring, and it can be, it can be pretty, pretty good. Can you write on the road? Is that something that you, you find easy? Is it something you find difficult? I think for us to write as a group, it's really hard. Yeah, Our equipment's never that. with us. It's always a, in a van or a venue or something. So to write as a group is really hard. And I, I'd say that that's the hardest bit about touring that I find is that it's kind of like this itch that you need to scratch. And we've been sort of writing for so long. And we've always been doing that, and that's sort of made you quite happy. It's a really, you know, a fulfilling thing to do. And then to sort of have that taken away and be playing every night is quite, yeah, it's an itch, and I just really need to scratch it.
Old Jay there talking to us on uh, on Friday. The tour is um, is sort of a massive tour book for next year, and I think it's already selling out, which is a testament to how far they've come. There's also this, this this thing at the moment about them being sort of they've already got odds on them for the Mercury, and they haven't even announced like the Mercury shortlist yet, um, which is, is is insane. So anyway, yeah, on the subject of weird sites, have you seen the bloke who climbs up the very high pole? I haven't. Who is this strange man who climbs up a very high pole? Well, on uh, Friday night. I confess, listeners, that I reverted back to my 22... I don't know what happened to me. I fell through a time warp and I reverted back to my sort of 23-year-old raver self and ended up watching uh, the Rat Pack, who uh, I'm sure if anybody was in the hardcore in the 90s, you know who the Rat Pack are. A big hardcore DJ duo. Had a big hit called Searching for My Rizzler. Uh, and they played at the first rave I ever went to in, uh, in 1991 in Margate. And uh, I was pleased to see they were playing exactly the same music. Uh, they played, you know, Sweet Harmony by Liquid and all those. I loved it. I, was, I had a really great time. I reverted to uh, my three-year-old self and watched Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, who were doing very much the same sort of thing, only in a kind of a cruise ship disco sort of way. Well, I have a feeling that uh, Earth, Wind and Fire I'm not sure Earth, Wind and... That was Earth, Wind and... It was the Earth, Wind and Forex, but I think it was Wind. One. Yeah, there's one. I think, yeah, Wind is the only person left in it. You, can, you can usually spot with these with these, uh, with these these reformed disco bands, there's one sort of fat guy at the back playing bass. He's the original member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah All yeah. of the exciting young kids at the front dancing around, they're new. And, of course, Sister Sledge, uh, without Kathy Sledge, so they literally don't have all their sisters with them. <laughs> um, very, very unfortunate. Um, but anyway, no, getting back, I've got to go off the point. Uh, my... my misty-eyed rave memories once more taking over. Anyway, during this this performance by the Rat Pack, this there's this enormous thing that I assumed was like a like a mobile phone antenna, antenna mast thing, you know. And uh, but we were informed it was the largest pole in the world, and uh, a German man ascended it uh, in a sort of sparkly costume. And there was a tiny little platform. That looked, I mean, it was it was so high; it was deeply unpleasant to watch. I mean, you know, if that's how decadent it would be called, this is this is our notion of entertainment. Um, and anyway, he got on top of this pole and um, proceeded to stand on his head <laughs> uh, and stand on like balance on one arm and all this kind of thing. And I was just, you know, horror struck by the whole thing. It, also, it was swaying; it was swaying from side to side. At the top, it was amazing. Um, and um, then I, in my slightly overexcited state. Assumed that his grand finale, he was going to jump off. Oh. He was going to sort of like, you know, plunge into a small thing of water. But unfortunately, the only criticism I'd have of his act, and who am I to criticise a man who climbs up the largest pole in the world, but not that, was that his ending was a bit anticlimactic because he simply just, he sort of rather sheepishly <laughs> climbed down the biggest pole in the world afterwards. Um, that was one of the more uh, peculiar sides. I think there's something interesting about the DNA of Bestival. Yeah. I'm not, you, you're a man that goes to a lot of festivals, aren't you? Yeah, I've done about nine this year. Yeah. What a way to earn a living. Um, what, um, what, what, how does Bestival, do you think, differ from... Um, I think Bestival is, is kind of the place that all of the people that don't want the, the season to end come here. and it's, I've kind of good. described it in the blog as being kind of there's, a, there's an urgency for hedonism here. It's, yes. like it's the end of the summer and it's, been, it's people kind of really desperate to get on it for the last of the time. You know, yep. New terms on its way. But it does mean that you've got a lot of surrealism and a lot of, sort of quite, quite interesting, exciting ideas come through. I mean, you wander through the ambient forest down here and there's this fascinating thing I saw, which is a big sort of a massive jukebox that, you can, that they've actually got a real band in. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so people okay. sort of turn up there and they press a there's like a selection of maybe twenty buttons with songs on, and you press a button and then the band and the band inside the box play the song for you. Fantastic. So, I mean that sort of thing. I mean you, you don't spot anything like that anywhere else. So that's that's quite. No, it's got that thing. The, the one thing that it has about it that I like, and Glastonbury has it as well. It, it's a sense of unforced weirdness. Mm. It's you know what I mean. You know, you don't think anybody's trying to. And the other thing that I do really like about it, and I thought, you know, to my immense 
shame was a slightly naff idea was the fancy dress aspect of it and actually it's brilliant you know it does really add something to the general I mean this year for the first year I mean I've come previous years and everyone, everyone 90% of the people are dressed as pirates and then last year 90% of the people are dressed as Jedward it was sort of rock and roll theme wow. this year the animals thing I mean it, it, you know it's, it's fairly easy people are sort of wearing animal hats so mm. you know if you don't want to dress up you don't feel particularly out of place it's not sort of that no, 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 absolutely. Um, there also, it strikes me, another similarity to Glastonbury, which I keep using Glastonbury as a market, it's basically the only festival yeah. I, 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 I go to on a regular basis, is the audience do seem pretty open-minded on Friday uh, on the main stage. They, they seem to be going for pretty much anything. It was like they went for Adamant, they're like that. Then um, Gallows came on and did a lot of shouting and they went for that. Then Warpaint came on and it was this sort of wafty kind of barely there music. Um, and they, they went for that too. Yeah, it was fascinating. Actually, I went around and did some Vox Pops on Friday and just sort of chatted to various people. And, you, and the sort of people, the sort of, you know, lad type people dressed in sort of weird sort of, you know, like cowboys with sort of yeah. horse trousers on. Um, you'd think they would be, be here for... You know, maybe Florence and that's it. But they were all really thrilled to see the XX. You know, the, the XX drew the XX drew the biggest crowd. I think I'm right in saying Rob. Rob, I was talking to Rob DeBank, uh, who runs Bastable yesterday, and he said that the XX pulled the biggest crowd that anyone has ever pulled wow. at, at Bastable, which is amazing. If you think about what the XX sound like, it's not, you know, it's not big pumping kind of like hands in the air music yeah, by I'd, any stretch. I'd be excited about that if that crowd hadn't knocked over my red wine. So, that crowd uh, owes me about five pounds. <laughs> I managed. To, yeah, yes, I'm not. I'm going to launch a very boring. Anime. I how I managed to spill two cocktails yesterday, but you know, the world doesn't need to know that. Um, what the world probably does need to know is uh, what basketball was like from the start, how it's changed over the years, um, and we found the right person to talk to us about this, uh, DJ Annie Mack, uh, who has performed at every festival. We spoke to her just before she went on yesterday. Uh, she was curating, or partly curating, the big top yesterday. I had people like Major Laser and stuff like that playing with her. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we had a chat to her, and she told us how she thought festival had changed, or rather hadn't changed over the years. Annie, you have played at every festival. True, every festival. I think this is what this is my eighth or something or like eighth, that, seventh yeah. or eighth. Yes, everyone, and it's got bigger and bigger every year. Definitely. How other than bigger? How has it changed? Do you think? Well, you know what? Testament to festival and to Rob and Josie, obviously, um, it hasn't changed that much. The charm is still there. The kind of wacky eccentricity is still there. Um, the music, you know, has not. The music has not been compromised in terms of, but they haven't gone for big mainstream pop acts. Um, so it's still the same, it's just bigger. So they've done very well with that, I think. Have you spent the summer just sort of DJing around loads of festivals? Is that the, yes. is that the deal? Festival is the, the kind of bookend. It's, yeah. it's the last blast. It's the kind of, it's the one where everyone goes, oh, it's festival, let's just, let's just lose our minds. Is, is that what makes it different? Is that what makes it? Yes, that, and also I think something happens when you get on that ferry from Southampton <laughs> or Portsmouth. Some, someone sprinkles something over the, in the air, and everyone just becomes really giddy and really excited and really nice. Do you kind of alter your set when you play at a, a festival? Is it different than when you play in a club? Is it? Yeah, in I think. What way? Well, at a festival, the crowd are, are not quite as discerning as in they haven't come and bought tickets to see me. So um, they could be not fans of me at all. They might have just stumbled in. They might have lost their friends. So you're playing to all sorts. And with that, it makes it much more exciting and much more of a challenge because you've course, got to win yeah. everybody over. You yeah. want everyone in there to want to, to wanna come and see me again or whatever. 
Um, so that, for one, makes me try harder. Also, festivals, you have a kind of pass out to play the bangers. Yeah, I yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a big tune, isn't it? Yeah, no one's no one sort of going to take me on a journey. No, it's not a journey thing, especially when you have an hour between Justice and Major Lazer, <laughs> which, is, which is what I have. There's no journey being made. Um, but I will, I will go lots of places in terms of genres, but um, there's definitely going to be a mix of, of new stuff that's exciting me, but then you have to play the old bangers. What, what, what are your bangers? Inner City Good Life. Of course. One of the beautiful things I think about festival, and the lovely things about festival, the audience seem incredibly open-minded. Yes. Last night, uh, when the XX played, they had the biggest crowd, I believe, ever at a festival. Wow. And that's the XX. This is not like, it's not you 2 you know what I mean? It's not like a huge festival band. It's a band that are quite opaque. It's a band that are quite sort of withdrawn in themselves. Insular. Insular, in yeah. And yet, people went with it, which I think is really great. I think there's a tendency sometimes to um, Look at Festival, which has quite a young audience, you know, it's like early 20-somethings or that kind of thing, and sort of think, oh, well, they want the bangers, they want the big tunes, yeah. da And actually, they're more of an adventurous audience. 100%, 100%. They're definitely willing to kind of experiment. And, and I mean, you have to give Robbie um, a bit of a prop there because he's very, very clever at programming it in that he does cater for the older people. And, and I know you say Festival's got a younger audience, but I do see it as, compared to your, your global gatherings and your Creamfields and your other electronic music festivals, Festival does have quite an older really? crowd. Yeah, definitely. Like, people over 30, whereas you wouldn't see them in Creamfields. I was going to say, again, being a man of enormously yeah. advanced years, the last time I was at Creamfields was in about 1997 <laughs> or something don't like that. Don't go back, you don't need no, to. No, no, really, I'm Nothing's really changed. Wouldn't. It would be awful. It's still furry boots. <laughs> Um, is it the kind of is it the sort of finale of the festival season for you? A lot of people I've seen playing like Django Django and stuff like that have gone. This is our last, you know. You yeah. Know, From here on out, like my summer is defined by. I mean, the time of year is defined by the travel. So summer is planes. It's EasyJet. It's Gatwick Airport. Autumn is the M1, and and that's the difference. Is you know it's pillows in cars. Sure. And that's the kind of contrast. So after this, it's back on the M1. And I have to say, I'm kind of looking forward to it because the novelty of being in my own bed at like five in the morning is, is quite exciting. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Have you been doing Ibiza a lot? Yes. Um, there's such a, a huge scene at the moment out there, which is for the deeper, um, more groove-based house. And you, you know, people like Jamie Jones and Seth Troxler are kind of leading that. And uh, Richie Horton, obviously, with the techno scene as well. It's, it's massive, that scene. And it's massive for like hairdressers in Leeds. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not just like music obsessives. It, yeah. it's, it's everyone. And places like DC10, those clubs are bigger than ever. And what I love about that is that DC10 is basically, you know, it looks like an old school hall. There's no visuals. There's no stupid looking dancers in bikinis on podiums. There's no production. There's no confetti cannons. It's literally just a good sound system in a room. And that kind of club is, the, is one of the most popular clubs on the island. And that gives me hope because it's actually going back to yeah. how it used to be. Yeah, and absolutely. It's a really no, good thing. Totally House has never been bigger. House is back. Dubstep, really? see you later. Like, I think that the house scene that I'm talking about is, is underground, but still very prevalent. And you're not going to get Jamie Jones and Seth Troxler playing on the main stage, but sure. if you go to the Dirty Bird Arena later, for instance, or any of those house DJs, you will find that it is consistently, solidly packed like, wow. for the whole weekend. Um, there's, then there's, of course, there's house like Calvin Harris House, which is basically like pop music. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of sure. transcending a genre. Um, but yeah, I think with dubstep, it's kind of it's changing, and, and I can tell when it starts changing because people, 
the, the ultimate sign, right, is the remixes that you get commissioned from major la labels. So you get like a pop act like Pixie Lot, and then she'll get a dubstep yeah, remix. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so what's happening now is there's a new word which is trap. And trap is kind of a slightly faster than dubstep, but sounds much more hip hop y. So it's much more kind of hood sounding. You'll have samples of kind of hip hop songs, and it will sound kind of like with a lot of elements of hip hop and a lot of elements of dubstep. And that is what everyone's starting to make at the moment. Trap. Trap. You heard it here first, people. Trap. I've, trap. N I've never heard of this, but this is a, a whole new genre to me. <laughs> Again, you know, I say again, I'm an old man. I don't know anything about this kind of stuff, you know. Um, but but trap, trap is where it's at. Amazing. Where it's at. Let me give you some names. Please. There's, there's tonight, which is there's no vowels. Vowels are not the one anymore. Oh, so T N G H T, yeah, and that is Hudmo, uh, Hudson Mohawk, and Lunis, and they're a kind of good. I don't know, a good example, because Lunis is American and Hudmo is, is UK, mm. and they've kind of come together, and he's brought his hip-hop, and, and, and Hudmo's brought his or garage and dubstep, whatever he's into, and R&B, and yeah, they, they make that kind of trap music. I'm playing it on my set later. If I'm you're there, I'll, hear give, it. I'll give no, you, no, do, you do, do, have do, a finger side. Just, just do that. Tr yeah, tr tr for trap. trap. Everyone so I think I'm going to tune. Well, on, on that note, I think, we should, I think we should end it. On the, the, forward into the future <laughs> with trap, it's all happening. Um, Annie, thank you so thank much. Thank you, that was fun. Thank you. Lovely uh, DJ Annie Mac there. Uh, telling us about trap. You, you you heard it here first, people. This is uh, trap is the new genre of dance music. It's apparently okay. massive. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm into it right now. I've just, yeah, just I've right, decided. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm trap. You see, the thing was, I, I, I feel the kind of trap's a bit over. <laughs> you know, trap trap was really good about six months ago. It now it's just really commercial. Ago, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, but uh, Annie Mac first mentioned it. It is. But she made it up <laughs> for that bit. Then it is interesting though that out of all the sort of festivals that aren't straightforward dance festivals like Global Gatherings and like that. Festival which obviously has its roots in a club night in, in a Sunday night club in Clapham that Rob used to run in the 90s. Um, still has dance music very much in its DNA. Uh, I think you notice that. There's a lot of kind of actually quite mainstream music going on on the main stage. We'd, on uh, Friday, uh, Emily Sandy was on there and going down very well. But at the same time, if you went over to the Bollywood arena, uh, that was being hosted by, uh, by David Rodigan. David Ramjam Rodigan, MBE, um, and it was going off in just in a manner that you couldn't believe anything would be going off yeah, yeah. at that time on a on a Friday. It was like mid afternoon at one point when I went there. I think Shy FX was DJ, and it was just carnage. You, know, you couldn't get in the tent. There's these people with their eyeballs pointing in different directions, okay. staggering out, and then they went to hear a bit of Rodigan. Couldn't get in to really to, to see Rodigan, but um, you could just hear him playing. You know, he kept saying. Uh, Salute! Salute to the 70s! Salute! Before there was internet, before there was mobile phones, salute to King Tubby. And was playing all this kind of like 
you know, aged dub to an audience who seems to be about 18 years old and were going bananas. It was a lovely thing to see. It was brilliant. This, this is kind of the only festival I think you can find people raving on roller skates as well. <laughs> the roller disco is a sight to behold. Really? Especially, they play, this, they play this sort of, you know, hardcore banging sort of dance music and then, then the MC will come on and say, now, the opposite direction and everyone will be like off, the, off their face, <laughs> drunk roller skating. We'll try and go turn around and go the other way. You've never seen more people, more carnage in a dance step. Dance <laughs> dangerous. Uh, they're, they're trying to kill people in there. The other striking thing is that on the main stage, on uh, Friday again, the Flux Pavilion played on the main stage. drew a massive crowd. He's the only DJ, pure DJ, just a bloke playing records. And um, he went down amazingly well. You, you cannot underestimate how massive that kind of like, that bro step or double, whatever you want to call it, is. Um, still, particularly with the, uh, the slightly younger people. But, you know, all ages are catered for as well in dance music. There's, there's kind of, uh, for you know, Kevin Saunderson played uh, Inner City, played live at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, just did the hits, which is always good, you know, did good life and, and big fun and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I actually find that really sort of cheering in a world, you know, particularly in a year when, because there's no Glastonbury festivals, dominated by Reading and V. Um, which are very much kind of, you know, they are rock festivals, you know, they're kind of big names, da da da. Actually, it strikes me that the draw here is more often, you know, than it is the big acts. It is, it is sort of DJs and stuff like that. Which well, I wonder if there's sort of more uh, mania, more kind of, you know, sense of surreal because there was no Glastonbury this year. No, yeah. So no, no one sort of had that chance to let off steam in this way. Yeah, 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 so yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. I think it's, 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 um, you know, I think it has its own atmosphere that's different from Glastonbury, but I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the two things key into each other. And um, yeah, definitely some of the uh, oddness of it is probably uh, yeah. the result of a Glastonbury for a year. made a bumper festival, if you like. Have you seen any comedy? You know what, I haven't. I've, I've seen comedy at most of the other festivals I've, I've gone to, sort of take a bit of a break, but I haven't had a chance to see any this time. I, I saw a late night gimp fight at Reading, and they were, and they were quite entertaining. Doing what did they do? It. They did. Uh, uh, they, none of it is repeatable on, on right, a public okay, channel. Okay. It was it was all far too offensive. Right. It was kind of a, a ballet, a very rude ballet, I remember. Okay, okay. We, we saw, wandering around, and we saw advertised um, uh, an artiste called... Uh, 100% beefcock and tits burster um, that, that initially we were lured in by and then thought whatever these people do it can't be as good as their name no, you know no. they sound like the world's worst industrial band you know what, what, what were they like did they um, I've got no idea I didn't go and see them I mean, they're, they're amazing maybe they hit the festival for all I know 100% tits cock and beef burster but no tits cock and let's beef hear burster from them. let's hear from them yeah, we 100% tits cock what a great name Alfred Titzcock. Um, What's that going to be shortened to? There's so many options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone else who is a best of all veteran is uh, Beardy Man. And we spoke to him as well yesterday, just after he had performed on the, uh, on the big top stage. Here's what Beardy Man had to say for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Beardy I think I played five in a row, I wow. think. Maybe more, maybe less. How has it changed over those? It hasn't really changed. Festivals got slightly bigger. Uh -huh. um, I think when I started playing it, it was just becoming known as the best festival. Now it's kind of just a given. But it itself has not changed, and that is the best thing about it. Because you know a lot of festivals can lose their original vibe, but it's still a very small family of people who, who look after the thing and run it, and they're all awesome, you know. So the festival itself is awesome. Mm -hmm. And they, they really care about preserving the vibe. Like, 
like Russ Abbott says, oh, what an atmosphere. I love a party with a happy atmosphere. <laughs> and he's right. The, uh, the philosophy don't of Russ Abbott. No, 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 don't no, you no, say no, anything no, about no, Russ Abbott, yeah? Don't start on me. I'm not saying anything Listen, about yeah, Russ Abbott. Listen, yeah, you started it. No, you, you had that you, glint you, in your eye. No, no, no. I can no, always just see it. Yeah, yeah, backtracking now, backtracking now. I saw it. Your eyes spoke to me. They flashed more Morse code for that song was terrible, but it wasn't. No, it was, it was great. the best. That song started acid techno, and don't you forget. So you're at the dancing party and you're out there having fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's the lyric. You know, that's what it was. You're at the dancing, dancing party. party. The dancing party. You're out there. As opposed to the, the dancing party, party. yeah. As like the bridge party. I don't know what, you know, the, the other options of parties there were. The going party, the, the sitting party. party. The sitting party, the punching people party. You don't want to go with that. Are they different? Are the crowd at festival different to the crowd? Have you, have you spent the summer just trolling around loads of festivals? Are the crowd at festival different? Um, trolling is thinking. No, no, no. I meant more. Or do you mean actually going on web forums? I mean, like, this festival sucks. This is totally gay. Have you been going around loads of festivals? Have you played loads of festivals this summer? Is festival different? So, festival is different from most festivals for several reasons. Firstly, the dance stages stay open late. Most of the stages stay open late, so you can get silly till four in the morning. Everyone's in costume, which is always fun, and so there's this kind of overriding vibe of like silliness and talking crap, which is fantastic, which is exactly what you want. Uh, Explain, uh, for the benefit of listeners of uh, the Guardian Music Weekly podcast, who are unaware of what you do live, who know you as a human beatboxer, what your show entails, because the bit of it that I saw at the end of it didn't seem to have human beatboxing, it was, it was some other stuff. Yeah, um, well, so I started off as a beatboxer in 2004 or um, that was a long time ago, and I'm not interested in beatboxing anymore, I haven't really ever been, I was for maybe about a year. Um, and I wanted to see what I could do with it. And I very quickly found lots of things I could do with it. So one of those things is, is live looping. And I was using pedals to be able to loop my voice, a bit like Katie Tan still does, but more sure. complex and have that be the basis of the show. Anyway, so what I do at the moment is kind of this kind of awkward balance between stuff I'm making up on the spot, songs that I've kind of appropriated, weird bits of pop culture that I just decide to do in the spur of the moment weird impressions of things and just showing off. Is it, is off it scary making stuff up on the spot? Is it when you get out there and you know that there are large sort of... You know, to be um, honest, it's scarier trying to do things that I've rehearsed because... Is it? Because there is a specific thing I need to get right and uh, and you can get that wrong if you miss your cues and then the whole thing's ruined, which tonight there was a, a one particular thing, which I don't know why I did it, but I pressed the wrong button. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that can be more nerve-wracking is when you know that there's like, the whole crowd's enjoyment of your thing is riding on you hitting the right button. Sure, sure, sure. sure so, uh, yeah, that's more nerve-wracking thing. Because if you if you make a mistake and are just improvising, no one will ever really know because you can cover it up. Of course, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to meet. Honor you know? to help you pay your mortgage. <laughs> it's a big loan. It's got to be done. That's what a lot of people say. Safe, man.
beardy man there embodying the spirit of festival. It's Sunday morning as we record this. I think it's Monday you'll be listening to this. And uh, there is more to come. There's a lot more to come at festival. Um, the, the big draw tonight um, is, uh, is Stevie Wonder. There's actually a sign if you go over there that sort of says exit this way, you know, you know, ambient forest that way. Stevie Wonder this way. It's obviously, it's obviously a, a, a huge draw. Um, what are you? Are you hanging out? What are you? What are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, I'm quite looking. I, I'm spiritualised big for me today. Okay. Um, really looking forward to that. Um, seen them a couple of times this summer. They've always been sensational. Well, okay. friendly fires are on later on. I mean, it's, it's quite. A, it's probably Sunday. It's probably the best lineup of the weekend. The best think, yeah. um, obviously, you've got to sort of pop your head into Stevie Wonder. Everyone's really excited about seeing Stevie. Yeah. And yeah, but bat for lashes. Of course, looking lovely bat for lashes. Yeah. Um, well. I think that just about uh, sums up best of what the hell is that noise? That's the uh, traditional Sunday morning sort of folky rave band. Foggy shout music. Is is it, Mr. Mo- maybe Mr. Motivator, maybe Des O'Connor. Mr. Mr. Motivator is here is somewhere. Is Des O'Connor on, really? Well, someone is, is listed as Des O'Connor playing at 6 o'clock every day in the knees up 10. Whether I'm it's sure the actual it's Des, O'Connor. Des O'Connor. It's probably, you know, it's probably Des O'Connor trip. It's probably the equivalent of the Earth, Wind and Fire experience, but with Des O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's one Des O'Connor in the background yeah. playing bass. There's a load of young Des O'Connors at the front just dancing around. Anyway, look, that just about wraps it up for this uh, Music Weekly special from Best of All. And uh, we'll be back in full effect. We've had a summer break, as you doubtless know. But I think a couple of weeks' time, the Music Weekly pod will be back, presumably with a recovered Kieran Yates on board. Get well soon, Kieran. I'm Alexis Petridis. Uh, My thanks to Mark Beaumont for coming. Um, We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye bye. the greatest. Good night, child. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.